not. Because okay. of the rain delay, it actually freed up my schedule so I could watch it. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Mother Nature helped me out to watch Joey Chestnut stuff his face with soggy buns and glizzies. I... I cannot watch it anymore. It's disgusting. Or I've never actually watched it. I've just seen highlights. Now I don't even want to see the highlights. Like, like I'm, the, I'm done with this, man. Like The close-up shots are so unnecessary. You see the wet bun around it. Ugh, so gross. gross. It, it Honestly, it's, it's torture for me to watch it. And listen, I had probably two hot dogs this whole weekend. And after that, I felt sick. I was like, like well, I don't it. eat hot dogs very much. Can't do it. I love them. But, man, my body's just like, nah, man, you don't want this. This is gross. Like, no. I'm watching them stuff 60-something in their, their mouths. I'm like, how do you... Ugh. But also being pedestrian numbers for Joey Chestnut. Yeah. I, I was upset. Way under. Way under. It was 73 and a half, and he came and in at like 62. 10 under. Yeah, like, come on, champ. And you it's saved. funny. Ryan and I were talking about it last week and said, you know what? Probably just still take the over. Didn't. I didn't bet it. Thank God. But, uh, I mean, came in way under. That's what happens when you have a rain delay. His stomach, I guess, got full. I don't, right? It's... Yeah, it, it messed with his tempo. Here's <laughs> Here's one thing I will say. I have a problem with the conversation of where does Joey Chestnut rank among the greatest athletes of all time? <laughs> we are not calling Joey Chestnut an athlete. Competitor? Sure. Eater? Absolutely. Athlete? Can we pump the brakes, please? He's not Michael Jordan. <sighs> he is not not Michael Jordan. He's not Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm with you. I'm not I, doing it. It's just, I mean, it's, it's insulting. It's insulting to them. Pam Maldonado is never insulting, though. She's always somebody we look forward to talk to. Yahoo Sportsbook. She jumps on with us. Did you watch the uh, hot dog eating contest at all? And does it disgust you? I do not watch it, but I did watch the pregame version where he, they said, okay, it's delayed. It's not happening. And then Chestnut comes out, like, chest flared. He's like, we're getting it done. And at that second, you know, game over. <laughs> so you just, you know he's going to win, and then you move along with your life. <laughs> uh, Pam, we got the John Deere this weekend. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons to be excited because there's a lot of golfers that we usually don't talk about that I think are going to take center stage. Mm -hmm. One of the guys I'm most excited about is Ludwig Aberg. I watched him in college. Of course, he won the Ben Hogan Award. What can we expect from him this weekend in the John Deere? Honestly, the John Deere Classic is one of those tournaments where absolutely any player in the field can win because <laughs> you're talking about in the last three years, the score has been 19 under or better. So if you're talking about somebody like Ludwig, Ad I say his name incorrectly every time, Aberg, <laughs> yeah, he definitely has an opportunity here to, con to contend because this is a course, a TPC Deer Run, where if you excel off the tee, a little bit ac driving accuracy holds a little bit more weight compared to the rest of the analytics. And that's where Atberg excels off the tee. He's gained strokes off the tee in three straight tournaments. And we're talking about gaining four, five, six strokes. So he's been stellar there. He's one, he's one of the better ball strikers in this really weak field. And my <laughs> only problem is you've got to be able to putt. So he's a team no putt, but so is a majority of the field. But if he can pin it up close, he has an opportunity here probably for a top 30 option is what I would be looking for. As an outright, it, it wouldn't make my card. Who are some players that you look at and say, yeah, they may have a rough time with this course? I mean, you see it's called a wedge fest and talk about how thick the rough is. And Are, are there certain players where you go, this, their game just doesn't match up with this course and to stay away from them? Um, I'm I'm looking at to stay away from players who can't putt. I don't want the to the Joel Dommans of the of the Joel Dommans, Scott Harrington, the Lucas Glovers, especially. Those are the players that I don't want. If I need somebody who's going to be shooting twenty under, I need somebody that I can trust with his putting with the flat stick in a three foot putt. They're going to knock it in for birdie instead of making par. Pars are going to be a dime a dozen. I need those birdie opportunity players. You can be a great iron player, but if you're not making those. Pin high shots, 
you're irrelevant to me. I need 20 under. So if you're team no putt, I kind of really don't want anything to do with that player this week. So you mentioned these big numbers, 19 under, 20 under. To you, is there a magic number where where if a golfer can hit maybe 21 or 22 under, they got this thing in the bag? Yeah, you're looking for a player that, one, can keep the ball in play. I mean, it's fairly it's a fairly simple course, um, but if you're having – I'm looking more so – I'm talking about driving accuracy being important, but for me, when you're shooting 20 under, I need a player that is great with his iron shots He's going to pin it up within two feet, give himself that birdie opportunity, and going to knock in that putt. So for me, my two weights this week are strokes gained on approach, strokes gained putting, and then if you've had experience at the John Deere Classic, that definitely helps. I don't necessarily need you to be successful at this course. I just need you to have been here before to know what to expect. Talking to Pam Maldonado, BetMGM tonight. What about if we just kind of go maybe farther down a little bit? Top 10 finishes, players where we're not looking at outrights here because we know how hard it is to hit an outright anyway. Uh, just maybe it's something down where you're looking at top 10 or top 20 finishes here. Okay, for two top 10s, for two top 20 options, there's a lot of plus money top 20 options because the week, the field is so much weaker. There's two players that I like. Eric Cole, he's a California native. He is third in the field for fantasy points gained. That is a stat that I started utilizing uh, heavily in the last few weeks because that's telling me that not only are, is this player putting himself in a position to make birdies, but they are knocking those birdies in. And I'm talking about this being a birdie fest. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Cole is seventh best in the field for putting. That's something that I want to look at. And what more so what I did for this tournament is this is a really weak field. There's not any large – like the, who's the favorite of the um, – Denny McCarthy is a favorite to win the tournament. Right. That is like way further down the board than we would look at any other tournament. So I'm looking at how players have done previously in really weak fields. Eric Cole is one of those players that has excelled. He has a T6 at the RBC Canada, and um, he has a T5 at the Mexico Open and T15 at the AT&T Pebble Beach. So he has done really well in some of these weaker fields. Taylor Moore is also a player. For the top 20 market, you're getting plus 165. He's coming off a T4 at the Rockin' Mortgage after three straight missed cuts. So, I mean, that's something that you don't want to look at as enticing. But at the same token, if you look at previous history on weaker fields, he has done pretty well. It's a soft field, an easy course layout. He earned his first tour title at the Valspar Championship back in March, and he's finished top 15 or better in the four events where there is similar strength of field. So I believe those are two players that are further down the board. You're getting great odds for an outright market, 30 to 1, 35 to 1, 40 to 1, and you're getting plus money for top 20 finishes. Do you like JT Poston to uh, to repeat this year or no? I don't. Um, I'll just be told. Oh, no, actually, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but um, No, JT Poston. He's somebody that I just – he's too volatile of a player. Could he absolutely pop off any given day? Absolutely. But he has three missed cuts in his last four – he has four missed cuts in his last six, seven miss. I mean, he's just – something is off with him. He's losing strokes off the tee. He's losing strokes with his irons. And typically, he is one of the better short game players. He's losing strokes around his shorter game. So if you take away the best asset of your game, what exactly are you backing Poston to win? <laughs> that is about as succinct as you could possibly be when it comes to him in his situation. Hey, somebody that actually got a win last week. I know he's not playing in this tournament, but uh, Ricky Fowler with that comeback win. What what was just going through your mind watching that actually happen, knowing that's been the conversation for years with Ricky, right? It's just, just getting a win at this point. Well, I've been on your show almost every week talking about Ricky mm -hmm. Fowler, so I hope everybody's been listening. I've been tooting his horn since, what, February? 
And yeah, like everybody is a loser until you're not. It was, it took him so long and people don't understand that. Like he went through a major swing change. If you're going through like a grip change, maybe a new putter, cool, but he completely revamped his swing. And I personally got to see it at the Valero Texas Open. It just looks so fluid and so in sync. And it was just such a nice swing compared to what we saw in 2021, 2022, but it needed time to adapt. So I knew that I was like, being a golfer myself, you're just going to take time. And then you're starting to see it in the results. He had top 20 finishes, and then he had top 10 finishes, and then he had top five finishes. You see the progression in his game, and more so importantly, you saw the um, you saw the confidence in his game. Round fours were kind of the struggle. He kind of battled that and was like, okay, now I'm gonna now he's finishing five under, six under. You just saw all of it evolving and clicking to where a win is coming. I was in Nashville at the time um, on a girls' trip, so I stopped. I pit stopped at a bar, and I was like, Rick, is it a playoff? I have to watch. <laughs> and it was – I was so excited because, look, we all talk about sports betting and making money is fun, but at the same token, we watch sports because we're fans. So I myself became a fan of Ricky Fowler over the last six months because I saw the progression that he had. So for him to finally come out with a win – as a fan, I was so excited. As a better, hell yes, because I cashed that 14-1 ticket, but also as a fan, like, yes, I knew you were going to get there, and I got to witness it. Hey, do you think this is something that carries over in the future? Um, for, for Ricky Fowler specifically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe he definitely has a chance here to not only contend for these small tournaments, but to contend also for a major. Everything is there. He's he's improved on his off the tee game. He's been also he's been one of a solid iron players. That's what I said. Evolved in his game, but more so importantly, he's been consistently one of the best short game players. He's always getting strokes around the green. He's one of the better putters on tour, and that's exactly what you need in major tournaments. You need to be able to putt. You need to be you need to have those Brooks Kepka moments where if you're out from three feet and this is a playoff opportunity, you're going to knock it in with confidence. That's exactly what Ricky Fowler has. So I, he just needed time over the course of two years to find his game again. Now that he has, I don't think this is the only win we see from him. So Ricky got his win. Pam, is Rory going to win this year? I mean, is he going to get back <laughs> on the mountaintop too or what? I would love to see it, but what is happening? Uh, Rory McIlroy's problem has been on fourth round. If you look, he's been solid in round one. You always want to back him as a first-round leader. Then he like kind of hangs around round two. He has yet to put together four complete rounds. So that just tells me that is more mental than anything. And golf is just as mental as it is physical. So that is something that can easily be corrected. It's going to take time. Maybe he needs to hire something like a mental coach. But no, like you have to also understand that McElroy's bad day is most people's best day. <laughs> so once that comes together, we're going to see him on the we're going to see him in the winter circle for sure. Pam, anything in Wimbledon you're already on or that you like? Um, well, pre-tournament, it was Novak Djokovic, and I still very much believe that. Who I'm super excited about seeing um, can progress is Carlos Alcaraz. I hope to see a Djokovic-Alcaraz final, um, of which I would say, if that does come to fruition, this is your note. Take it to go the distance, full five sets. It's going to be a thriller. Um, before tomorrow's matches, it's really tough, tough right now because Wimbledon, here we are on Wednesday. It's been on a three-day rain delay. <laughs> So it's very difficult to track matches at this point. Until things start to come fluid, I'm going to lay off here for just a bit. 
Pam Maldonado, enjoy your vacation. I hear you got that coming up. Congratulations on yeah. that. Sounds nice. <laughs> Thank you. All right, good to talk to her. Pam Maldonado, Yahoo Sportsbook. You know, she's right. The Ricky Fowler thing, I, I think, is a good point. Like, there, there is a certain level of it. I think now, now that, look, sports betting has obviously become a bigger and bigger deal in this country over the last few years, and everybody's into it, and it's a ton of fun. But sometimes it is nice to just sit back, have nothing on a moment, and just watch a great story unfold like right. that. And it, it, that that's what I felt when I watched Wyndham Clark win. Didn't have any money on him, but yep. I understood the story going in, and the, I thought the broadcast did a really good job of playing up that story towards the end, and then you could just see the outpouring of emotion when he won. And because I got all that lead-up, I mean, it, it literally was like the perfect moment there. I just felt so winning. I didn't care about the money. He didn't care about that. I was just living in that moment with him. Yeah, and that's that's really what this all comes down to is sometimes just being in that moment and enjoying it. And I think that's – you got something here, Scott. No, I, I can see saying, it. If you want uh, something to perhaps help you enjoy it a little more, the BetMGM 3-Ball Challenge. Nick. Oh, oh, yes, oh, yes. Of course. Oh. New, improved, and waiting I, for you to I, join. I have heard about this, and it's, of course it's the stuff that golfers' dreams are made of. You and three guests could be teeing off at one of the most legendary courses if – you top the ranks of the PGA 3-Ball Challenge. Take your swing at this free play challenge by revealing your roster of golfers for each week's tournament. The players with the best performing golfers will snag awesome weekly prizes and also be entered for a shot to win the end-of-the-season grand prize a foursome. TPC Sawgrass plus $3,000 in withdrawable bonus dollars to be used for travel, accommodations, and food and beverage. You can just do it with the King of Sportsbooks. That's how you do it. Just log into BetMGM, either the app, yeah, the website, whatever you want to do. Then you go to the promotions tab and you find that BetMGM three ball challenge. You spin up to three times, lock in your roster, and there you go. 